Welcome to the Waymaker Church Ministry Podcast. We hope that you get encouraged while you listen to the preaching and teaching of Pastor Mike Noyan. How many of you glad to be here today? Yeah. Praise God. John De La Santos, good to see you here. Ambassador to the nations all over the world. This guy is everywhere, and he's in Roswell, New Mexico today. Man, it's great to be in the house of the Lord today. How many of you glad to be here again? Yeah. Just want to make sure you're glad to be here. Did you get that alarm off on that motorcycle? Somebody tried to steal my motorcycle. That's not even right. My alarm was going off. You know why I put alarm on there? Just for that very reason right there. You've heard it was said before, in God we trust, all others pay cash. Come on, somebody. Thanks for taking care of that for me. I appreciate it. Man, what a great day today to be in the house of the Lord. Amen? Oh, wow, that was just a little underwhelming. I said, what a great day to be in the house of the Lord. Amen? How many of you are blessed? Let me ask that question one more time. How many of you are blessed? Now, I, I did that on purpose because I wanted to see what the response would be, and I wanted to kind of get a feel for the whole congregation there to see what your response would be when I ask you how many of you are blessed. Because some of you, here, listen to me, because some of you responded because you know that you're blessed. Some of you responded just because that's just what you do. Respond. If I'd have said, how many of y'all had a horrible week? Yeah! You'd have responded to anything. You just respond. But the people I was watching for are the people who hesitated. You're the ones I'm watching for this morning. And there were quite a few of you that hesitated this morning when I said the second time even, how many of you are blessed? And the reason you hesitated is because you have established within your mind a picture of what a blessed person should look like. Now, in your mind, you maybe have established that a blessed person should be a person who has a lot of material possessions. Maybe that's what you've pictured in your mind, and you don't see yourself as that person. Maybe you see a picture of a blessed person as one who has a life of ease. No problems, no struggles, no complications, no difficulties. We call that back home, made in the shade. But I want to tell you right now, if that's your picture of a blessed person or a blessed life, you've missed it by a mile. I said, you've missed it by a mile. In Psalm chapter 1, David gives us an accurate picture of what a blessed person really, really looks like. How many of you want to know what a blessed person really looks like? See, some of y'all don't even want to know. That's pathetic. I said, that's pathetic. You think I can't come down in here? I can come all up in here today and mess up in here with your business. Now, let me try that one more time. How many of you want to know... Come on, somebody. What a blessed person. That's why it's called wireless. I figured y'all would change your mind. Now, the sooner you work with me, the sooner what? Huh? That's right. You just added a minute and a half to the service right there. Don't blame me if I go to 1131 and a half. Now, how many of you really, really want to know what a blessed person looks like? Because some of you are confused. Not only are you confused, you're frustrated about being blessed. I want you to turn in your Bible, if you would, to Psalm chapter 1. We're going to read in Psalm chapter 1, verse 1. We're going to read that of what a blessed person looks like. A picture, an accurate biblical picture of what a blessed person is. Everybody found it? Psalm chapter 1. She's ready to go home. 
Yes, I found it. Blessed is a man who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly or the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of the scornful or of mockers. But his delight, whose delight, a blessed person's delight, is in the law of the Lord. And a blessed person meditates day and night on what? The law or the word. A blessed person is like a tree who's planted by streams or rivers of water, which yields its fruit in season. Everybody say, in season. So a blessed person is like a tree planted by streams of water or rivers of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. That's important there. And whatsoever he does prospers. So what he's saying here is extremely important. Now, I think what you have to understand is when you read this particular passage of Scripture, and I'm excited about this message today. I Hopefully you are. And if you're not, would you just fake it this morning? Work with me? Thank you. I think when you read this particular passage of Scripture, you have to understand David has gone through an incredible, incredible transformation in his very life, in his own life. He has gone through an incredible, radical transformation. Not only spiritual transformation, but one that socially he's gone through a transformation. Economically and positionally, he's gone through an incredible transformation. This boy was an ordinary boy. He was a commoner, raised by common folk. Just plain old, everyday common folk. There, There was not an ounce of royalty in this guy. And seemingly out of nowhere... All of a sudden, his life radically changes and turns around. Think about this. One day, think about this. He's shoveling sheep dung. The next day, he's anointed king over a nation. I don't know about you, but that's a radical transformation. That's quite a success story. That's quite a before and after story. And I want to tell you something this morning. Nobody can teach you how to be blessed better than somebody who hasn't been blessed and then all of a sudden they are blessed. Can somebody say amen? I want us to look at what blessed really means because I think that is a a very misunderstood word and one that kind of many times frustrates people. When we look at Psalm chapter 1 and we read about what it's saying here in Psalm chapter 1, the passage talks about a leaf withering. He says, and I think this is extremely important. There's a reason that he put two specific things in here I want to look at this morning. He says, a leaf withering. What that means, it indicates that the heat is on. Have you ever seen a tree or even plants that when the heat is on, I, I love to go out in the fields and look at the fields during the heat of the day because what happens is those leaves begin to curl up. Have you noticed that? End of the day when it starts cooling off, they open back up. I went down to Dexter several weeks ago to have lunch and uh, pulled up to the restaurant and I noticed the tree that I parked under. It's like two trees down at this restaurant and I noticed the tree that I parked under, the leaves were literally withered up. And I I began to look at that tree and I thought, man, from a distance it looked like a really pretty tree but when I got really close, those leaves were withered up. Why? Because the heat was on, first of all, and second of all, because that particular tree didn't really wasn't being watered properly. And I don't know about you, but there are times in life when the heat is turned up, when it seems like life is difficult, when it seems like there's nothing but struggles and difficulties and troubles. It seems like the pressure is on. Can anybody relate to that? The other thing that he refers to is a person, he says, everything that he does shall prosper. I got some news for you this morning. If you're not doing anything, if you're not doing anything, he's not, you, you, you're giving him nothing to prosper. 
you have to be doing something before he can bless it. Come on. So he's saying, he's saying, whatsoever you do, it shall prosper. It refers to a person who is doing something. Now, anytime you're doing something and you're doing anything worthwhile, you can expect some challenges. Come on. You can expect some, some uh, difficulties. You can expect some complications. And I'll be quite honest with you, you can even expect some critics. So he's talking about two different situations. He's saying the heat can be turned on, and even though the heat is on, you will not wither away. You will not be scorched. Even though the heat is on, you will not be burned. That ought to get you happy this morning. So what he's saying is this. I don't know about you, but when you, when you talk about heat being turned on and being burned and complications and difficulties and struggles, I'll be honest with you, that is not my definition of a blessed life. That's not what I think of when I think of being blessed. So I begin to look at this. That means this. There are going to be times in life when the heat is turned up. There are going to be times in life when it seems like things are difficult and there are struggles in life and all of us will encounter those. But he's saying even in the middle of the heat being turned up, even in the middle of difficulties and struggles, you can, you can understand you are a blessed person. How in the world am I blessed? Even though the heat is turned up, I'm not going to wither and fade away. Even though, even though I'm experiencing some struggles and some difficulties in what I'm doing and complications, God is still going to prosper it. So I began to look at this, and this is a good definition of what a blessed person is. It's the uncanny, innate ability to succeed over adversity. Let me say that one more time. The uncanny, innate ability to succeed over adversity. The reason I like that definition is because it doesn't imply that a successful person or a blessed person doesn't have some problems. Do you understand that even a blessed person has some problems? You need to because they do. So here's my, here's my point this morning. If you are waiting, if you're waiting on everything to be perfect in your life, if you're waiting on smooth sailing, if you're waiting on, waiting on a place of no worries, then and then call yourself blessed, I want to tell you right now, it's never going to happen for you. That is never going to happen for you. So you have to understand inside of you, because what he's saying is, is there's an uncanny. What is uncanny? I mean, really, when you think about it, it really makes no sense. Because when people look at you, it makes no sense that you've overcome. When people look at you, it makes no sense that you are where you are today. So there's that uncanny. Innate, what is innate? Something intrinsically inside of you. There's something inside of you that causes you and gives you the ability. What, what type of ability? Wisdom, direction, tenacity to hold on and keep pressing through to succeed over adversity. I don't know about you, but there are people that look at me. There are people that look at you, I'm sure, as well, and say, I don't know how he made it, but he made it. I don't know how he did it, but he did it. Come on, somebody. I don't know how he survived it, but he survived it. You know, I think you ought to take some time right now, you personally, and I'm not talking about me, I'm talking about you personally, and give God a praise in this house for the times that you have made it, that you survived it, and you did it in Jesus' name. I think you ought to praise him right now. I mean, really. Some of y'all remind me of a cat. Some of y'all just like a cat. I'm not talking about one you haul off and they come back home. I'm not talking. Y'all ever done that? Oh, don't sit there like you all holy, pure, and righteous this morning. 
I know half, half of y'all in here know Darlene used to keep cats, and half of y'all in here took cats out to her house. I know you dropped them off. I dropped off a few. <laughs> Sitting there like you don't know what I'm talking about. Y'all like a cat. They say a cat has nine lives. I mean, you think about it. They say a cat's got nine lives. You just keep coming back. I mean, think about this. Every time you're down for the count, every time they've written you off, you just keep coming back. And that's what's going on. Now, I'll be honest with you. I don't think they have nine lives, but I do think that they have a unique ability about them to always land on their feet. I ain't going to tell you how I exactly know that. All I'm going to say this morning, because I ain't going to get turned in for animal cruelty. All I'm going to say this morning is I know... I just know, that's all I'm going to say, that they have a unique ability about them to always, always land on their feet. I mean, I have heard. I have, <laughs> I have heard you can drop them off a bridge. I just have heard that. I have heard you can take them by all four legs hold them upside down and drop them off a bridge and they always land on their, come on. I've heard you can throw them off a roof and they'll always land on their, that's what I hear. And see, it's like some of y'all been thrown off the roof and thrown off the bridge, but what happens is you keep landing on your feet. You just keep landing on your feet. You just keep coming back. You just keep coming back, landing on your feet. You see, blessing isn't always, you have to understand, my mom had cats and I didn't like them. Because cats, cats, cats do nothing for me. They don't mind you. They don't come to you when you call them. The only time they're nice is when they're up against your leg and they want something. Come on, let's be honest. I will confess and tell you this, and this, I was a child, so you'd have, if you're going to press charges on me, you have to press charges as a juvenile. I did put my mom's cat. Well, there's two places in the house I put my mom's cat. The dryer was one of them. It makes an awful noise. And I did one other thing to scare my mom, because my mom, as you know, and we always were having fun with it. She has a hard time seeing. I put the cat in the freezer. Because I knew she was going to get some ice out. And I just was trying to scare her just a little bit. So don't buy me a cat. See, we look at blessings and we think blessings, blessings are not always about material things. Blessings, blessings are not always something that a CPA can calculate. Are you hearing what I'm saying? But blessing and being blessed is having the uncanny, innate ability inside of you to succeed over adversity. I can't speak for you, but I can tell you this. There have been people that have thrown things at me to kill me. Have you ever felt that way? There have been people in my life that have thrown things at me to kill me, to take me out and to take me down, to write me off. They thought for sure I was going to die. Matter of fact, they were so sure I was going to die and give up, they planned my funeral. At least they planned my going away party. But somehow, somehow succeeded over adversity. Aren't you thankful today that God has given you the ability to be blessed? to succeed over adversity. This is what I want you to get if you get nothing else this morning. Because looking at people, sometimes you think that person's blessed. I'm still struggling. 
Listen, you don't know the struggles they're going through. You don't know the difficulties that they are facing and the things that they are walking through that very moment. Every person in here, regardless of where they are economically, has struggles and difficulties and problems that they have to deal with. Come on, somebody. But the, the thing that separates, and let's be honest, the thing that separates the men from the boys is realizing that you have inside of you an uncanny, innate ability to overcome and succeed over the adversity that is trying to take you down and live a blessed life. That's what makes a difference. I want to show you something about being blessed because some of you are maybe at the point today that you, everybody's at a different location, a different place in their life and in their walk. Some of you maybe are at the point of giving up, saying, you know what, this is too hard. This is too difficult. This is too much of a struggle. I want to show you something concerning being cursed and being blessed. The word blessed, just like cursed, speaks to the end of a thing. Make sure you understand this. It speaks to an end of a thing. Let me give you an example. When Jesus spoke and cursed the fig tree, what happened is if you looked at that tree immediately after he spoke those words and cursed that tree, it appeared as if nothing had happened. The leaves were still on the tree. The tree was still standing. It was still vibrant. It was still alive. It was still producing shade. It appeared as if nothing had happened. But over the course of time, when they came back by, the tree had shriveled up and it had died. So what I want you to know is this. Over time and over a period of time in a process, that tree withered and died. So cursed speaks to the end of a thing. So God is saying to God's people, he's saying to his people who don't tithe, listen to this. He says, if you don't tithe, you are cursed with a curse. I didn't write it. I'm just delivering it today. He says, you are cursed with a curse. Now, let's just be honest this morning. Can we just talk for just a few minutes? There are people that are believers, that are born-again believers who are not tithing. And let's, be, let's even be even more honest. Some of those people are living in nicer houses than you are living in. Some of those people are driving better cars than you are driving. And you're looking at them thinking, you know what? I know they don't tithe. I know they don't. They've even made that statement. I don't believe in tithing. And I know I'm a tither. I believe in tithing. And why is all this happening? I want you to understand that being blessed speaks to the end of a thing, just like being cursed. So if cursed speaks to the end of the thing, Blessed also speaks to the end of the thing. I want to tell you something. That's what keeps me going. Because blessed speaks to the end of a thing. That's what keeps me going. I may not be blessed now, but I'm not at the end of the thing. Come on, somebody. I haven't gotten to the place where God wants me yet. That means I'm going to keep holding on. I have some struggles. I have some troubles. I have some adversities. I have some difficulties. But I have down inside of me what? A what? The ability to overcome and succeed over adversity. You have that within you as well. Now catch this. Because once again, people think, well, if they're blessed, they have no problems. Even though David was blessed, he had some javelins thrown at him. Even though David was blessed, he made some mistakes. Even though David was a blessed man, he experienced moral failure. Come on, let's be honest this morning. Even though David was blessed, he embarrassed himself and everyone around him. But somehow he just keeps landing right back on his feet. Why? Because he had a picture in his mind of what it meant to be a blessed person. My task this morning is to help you change the picture in your mind of what a blessed person really is. 
I want us to look at that verse again in verse 1. Blessed is the man. Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. Let's just stop there. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. Simply put is this. I will not bless you if you base your life on secular advice. Let that soak in. Because what he's saying is this, I will not bless you if you have based your life based on secular advice and secular input. Here's the reason why. Because you have placed yourself as a believer in a place of naturalness instead of a place of supernaturalness. When you place yourself in a place of naturalness, listening to the world and shaping your life after the world, what you have done is now you are vulnerable to what is happening in the world. If the world is up, guess what? You're up. If the world is down, guess what? You're down. He's saying don't be moved by the trends of this world. Stick with God's ways. Why? Because God's ways are what? Higher than our ways. His ways are higher. His thoughts are higher. Stick with his ways. How in the world do we do that? Because let's be honest. Think about this. Every week you are bombarded bombarded by the ways of the world every week, day in and day out. I have one hour a week to come against what you've been bombarded with all week long. How do you do that when the world is constantly tugging at you? How do you do that when the world is constantly bombarding you with their ways and their trends? Romans chapter 12, verse 2 gives us a great, great insight into this. He says, be not conformed to this world, but be what? Transformed by the renewing of your mind. First of all, he says, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you can know and do what is acceptable and perfect will of God. He goes on to say that so you can know what to do. To conform literally means this, to shape around. He's saying, don't shape your life around the ways of the world. Don't shape your life after the world. Transform is something totally different because when we're transformed by the renewing of our mind, what happens, transformation takes place from the inside out. And what happens as, can we just be honest? What happens many times when a person comes into a church setting and they they're turning their life around and they give their heart to the Lord. Many times instead of, instead of waiting for transformation to take place, they take on all these Christian attributes, how they look, how they should smile, how they should dance, what size Bible they should carry. So they can fit in. All the time, really nothing's changed. But we just want to fit in. But real transformation takes place from the what? Inside out. The inside out. And when you look at it, it's talking about metamorphosis. I don't want to get into all that, but it's metamorphosis that takes place from like a caterpillar, or I call them a worm, but they're like a caterpillar, caterpillar that turns into a butterfly. And he says it's that type of transformation. And that's what he's wanting to do. He says if you're going to conform your world, you're going to, you're going to crawl around like a worm. But if you will allow yourself to be transformed, he's saying this basically, why crawl around on this level? when I can fly around at this level. Now, all of us like to be transformed. Can I get a witness in the house? We're always working on ourselves to kind of transform ourselves. 
Yes. I mean, after all, you did get up this morning, brushed your teeth. God, I hope you brushed your teeth. If you did not feel sorry for your neighbor, don't smile at them, breathe on them, go, did I? The indication you didn't is that big piece of pepper right in there from last night. We just honest here. But we're always wanting to kind of, I mean, you know, we want to, we understand. I mean, you get, to, you get to my age, you understand that what you got to work with is what you got to work with. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's what you got to work with. You finally come to the realization and you've kind of, you know, grown accustomed to the fact that, okay, this is it. Right here is it. This is what I got to work with. But even though we look at it and go, this is what I got to work with, all of us like for, us to look, for it to look as good as it can. Oh, don't sit there and act like you don't. You got your hair all poofed up this morning. You got your face on. I've seen some of y'all way out of your face. I didn't recognize you. I'm like, who was that? Twilight goes, that's so-and-so. Oh, Really? She ain't got no eyebrows. Did you notice that? No eyebrows. Got an eyebrow one up there. What's up with that? All of us like to all of us like to look as good as we can. I mean, we try. I mean, you know, and even though we try, sometimes it, you know, it it is what it is, as my brother says. So I, I wanted this morning to do something a little special in the service. I thought it would be a good thing to do. I asked my daughter, Heather, Heather, or would you come this morning? I asked my daughter, Heather, to come if she would. and She's a licensed cosmetologist. I don't know what all that means. I know she cuts hair and does nails and all that stuff. And I just wanted to, I thought, yeah, I was kind of feeling generous this morning. I, I told her, I said, if you'll come this morning, I'll pay you to help me. <laughs> See, my thinking on that was I'd pay her to help me because they're going to ask for money anyway. So I thought I might as well get something, come on somebody, out of it anyway. Every time my phone rings, I start, when it's my daughters, I like caller ID. When it's my children, you know how I answer? It's an H word. It's not hello. How much? And they just laugh. Oh, Dad, you're funny. Well, since you brought it up. Yeah. So, but I thought it'd be nice this morning if we just kind of give somebody a little makeover. Is that all right? Is there anybody here? I do. <laughs> that looks like genuine leather right there, honey. Wow. Honey, I think you need a magician, not a beautician. <laughs> I'm not sure. You're, you're looking bad for 26. Really bad. Well, I'll tell you what, while we finish this message, I'm not sure a message is going to be long enough for this. But anyway, we'll give it a shot. Let's see what we can do in the next several minutes while we're working on this, if y'all don't mind. Yeah, really. True words have never been spoken. I think we ought to just pray right now, y'all. I just, 
I'm not really sure about all this. Now, how many of y'all know that it's really, I mean, it really, honestly, it's easier to, to renew everything externally about our life than it is to renew our mind. I mean, when you think about it, it's easy to renew our exterior, the exterior part of our life. I mean, a stylist, a real good stylist can turn you into something and make you look like something that you're not. I don't even want to go there how I know that, but I'm just telling you that that's what they can do. They can change your appearance in a New York minute. They can change your hair color. They can, they can give you, they can give, you can go in with short hair and come out with long hair. It beats all I've ever seen. People coming out with long hair got extensions in their hair now. I remember one time when wigs were in. My mother-in-law went to the grocery store. And uh, she's not here, is she? Okay. And David was just a little kid and, and they'd gone to the grocery store and David was following behind her and she was pushing the cart and she didn't know but her Hairpiece fell off. David almost died in the store right there. But I mean, you think about it, you can do any type, anything that you want to to change your appearance now. I mean, I've got blue eyes, but sometimes I thought, you know, I just think brown eyes are so pretty. I'd like to have brown eyes. Do you realize I could go get brown eyes today if I wanted them? God didn't give me brown eyes, but I could go buy me some contacts and have, I, you know, I could just go buy me some brown eyes and have brown eyes today. I mean, you think about it. You can do all types of things. I mean, I mentioned it earlier. They can give you eyebrows. They can wax your lip and take all that hair off the top of your lip. For real. And you walking around thinking you're all cute and everybody's going, has she got Kool-Aid on top of her mouth? <laughs> Some of the women going, that happened to me too. That burned, that stuff burned. I can't... Heather would say, why don't you let me wax your back? I thought, don't you look at my back. You leave my back alone. <laughs> Supposed to be waxed back there. God will put wax back there. You leave it alone. Listen, if you don't like your nose, they can chop your nose off and give you a different nose. They can pull your nose in. They can widen your nose. They can lengthen your nose. They can, short, they can do anything. That, they can do anything. You got too much belly fat, they can suck that stuff right out now. I mean, think about it. They can change your appearance because it's easier to fix up the external than it is to change the internal. Transformation isn't really about anything externally. Transformation is all internal. Transformation begins and starts on the inside. Transformation is a mind thing. Can I say it like that? It's dealing with our mind. Listen, your mind is going to become what you feed on. Just like your body becomes what you feed on, your mind will become what you feed on. If you're listening to something all the time, that's what you're going to become. Have you ever had a friend and you're around them a lot? I mean, you're just around them a lot and you hear them talk all the time and all of a sudden you pick up things that they say? Am I the only one who does that? Brandon and I are in the office a lot and we're around doing work together and we work together quite, you know, just on different things and we're talking about things and I'll say, why don't we, why don't we do this this week? And Brandon will say, ain't nothing but something to do. I said, why don't, we, why don't we redo the platform? To get it? Let's do it. Ain't nothing but something to do. I said, why don't we go ride the motorcycle? I just throw things out just to see what he'll say. Ain't nothing but something to do. So I go to this, you know, uppity meeting one time, sitting around this table in the conference room, and, well, why don't we do this? And I go, ain't nothing but something to do. 
y'all. And I'm sitting there feeling, I don't say that. Where did that come from? Where did that come from? I'll tell you where it came from. Because I hear it all the time. And I think about it all the time. I mean, I'm going to wake up going, ain't nothing but something to do. And what happens, it becomes a part of your thought process. And then you begin to respond to it and you act on it. Ain't nothing but something to do. So we're here this morning. My thought and my speech have been transformed based on what I'm hearing. Same thing happens to us. He's saying this, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, your mind. Faith comes by hearing and hearing what? The word of God, the word of God. So to be transformed, and this is what I want you to catch this morning, because this is where some of you are. To be transformed this morning, you need to start feeding where you're going not where you've been. You need to start feeding where you're going. You need to be talking about where you're going, your goals, your ambitions, where your life is headed, and stop feeding on where you've been. Listen, that's why some of you can't get over your past. That's why you can't move forward, because you're feeding where you've been. You keep feeding on those things where you've been. You're always going over and over the person who hurt you. You're always going over and over thinking about and talking about the person who walked out on you. You're thinking about and talking about over and over those hurtful and painful words that have been spoken to you and about you. That's why the Bible says we have to guard our minds. We have to guard and protect our minds. That's why the Bible says we have to cast down imaginations. The reason is, is because your life will follow your thoughts. The Bible says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Your life will follow your thoughts. If you will transform your mind, God will transform your life. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, I don't know about you, but my mind does crazy things on me. My mind does crazy things. My mind will flip out on me from time to time. It can happen anywhere. It can happen while I'm preaching. Now you have to understand, I've gone over my notes, over my notes, over my notes. Try to memorize as much as possible, but occasionally glance down to see where I'm going. I'm looking, reading, thinking, speaking. At the same time, all of a sudden, this thought comes flying through. And you're like, where'd that come from? Two weeks ago, I was preaching. Two or three weeks ago, I was preaching, and I thought, this is going over. I mean, I'm speaking. Remember, I'm speaking. I'm checking my notes. I'm having some kind of facial expression. And I'm thinking, this is going over really good. Preaching. About two minutes later, I'm going, this ain't going over good at all. This is not happening at all. And your mind, I mean, your mind is, is operating constantly. And, and all of a sudden, your mind can take you somewhere else completely different from where you are. I'm not talking about y'all. I know y'all don't have that problem. I'm talking about me this morning. All of a sudden, something will just pop up out of my past. It's like, where'd that come from? What triggered that? Where'd that come from? Like a movie playing over and over and over in my mind. And one of the things I have to do is really, really, when, when my mind starts going like that, I have to watch over my mouth. Am I the only one? 
I mean, I, I have to really watch over my mouth. It says, guard your mind. I'm thinking, guard your mouth would be good as well. I have to guard my mouth that I don't say what I'm thinking. Because if I said everything I thought, seriously, if I said everything I thought, See, there's a reason, and I think we have to think it through. When God saved me, he saved what? All you? He saved what else? Anybody? He says all you. Anybody else got a different idea? He saved what? My soul? That's my mind, will, and emotions. So he left my spirit out there to dry? What did he save? He saved my spirit. Because if he said, listen, if my mind was that saved, then why am I still thinking things like that? That's why over a period of time, my mind has to be transformed over time. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I remember praying for a lady. She, we were right here on a Wednesday night. Lady had been saved. She was living for God. Awesome woman of God. I remember laying hands on her. And as soon as I laid my hands on her, the biggest cuss word, I mean, big old cuss word came out of her mouth. Boom. Now, for religious people, they'd have been upset with her. I laughed. I thought it's funny. You say, that's sacrilegious. No, I don't think it's sacrilegious at all. Why? Because she's saved. She's just in the process of being transformed. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because for how many years, 30, 40 years, she'd been saying bleep all the time. You hearing what I'm saying? So how many of you know it's going to take a little time? She was saved, but that mind... Oh, come on, you know your mind's not saved all the time. Don't sit there, like, don't sit there and act like your mind is not saved. Some of y'all sitting there acting like just because you saved and got baptized, you got amnesia now. Oh, please. I have amnesia. Where am I? Who am I? Listen, if you knew how to roll a joint before you were saved... Oh, you could roll one right now. One hand. You know you could. I ain't talking about nobody in particular, but you know you could. Seal it and everything. Right there. Yeah. Like you got amnesia or something. Somebody going, how do you know I rolled one this morning? How do you know? He makes me nervous at church. I got to take the edge off. Bless us, Jesus. See, I'd be in trouble if I said everything I thought. And the reason is, is because your mind gives you options. Does your mind give you options? Mind gives me options. Y'all remember that old movie, RoboCop? Oh, come on, act like you're that old. Some old gray-headed people out there going, I never heard of that. You know, you, you got it in your library. It's in VHS on your shelf. Can't even play it no more. RoboCop was like a robot. And he had programmed inside of him when he got in a situation like approaching a criminal. The program, his programmed mind would say, give him options. Give the man a warning. Punch the man. Destroy the man. 
And sometimes when I'm talking to somebody, Well, this, folks don't talk to me anyway, but they're really not going to talk to me now. Sometimes when I'm talking to somebody, I start hearing voices. I start hearing options. Oh, pray for them. Don't answer that. Don't get started. I think you ought to cuss them out. I think really you ought to slap them into next week. I think you ought to shoot them and tell God they died. I mean, there's all these things. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Folks, when we got to get us a new preacher, this guy's in trouble, trouble. See, the biggest struggle that we have every day, the biggest struggle that we have is to work with our mind. It really is. Battles are won or lost in the theater of our mind. That's really where they're won or lost. And I think it's important for us to understand that if we can, once again, let me say it, if we can transform our mind, how do we do that? By getting into the Word of God, getting into the presence of God, to come against everything that's been bombarding our mind, that's been trying to conform us, instead of being conformed, transform our mind. I'd like, is Crystal or Heather, are you, have you got, Lord help us. We might need another service. Y'all might need to come back next Sunday and see, see what's going on here. We ready? How much time? What, everybody leave me or what? Are we done? Now, that's good. That's what I'm talking about. Come on out here. Let's give her a hand. Look at the difference. Yeah. <laughs> Want to dance? Come on, girl. Now, look at the difference. Isn't that great? Beautiful, beautiful. Much, just, I think, much better. Was that your grandma's wig you had on? <laughs> and my grandpa's fanny cap. Jackie, do me a favor. Don't wear that wig. You got beautiful hair. Don't wear the wig no more. And that was Grandpa's fanny pack. Genuine leather. You know what he said? This is, this is, these are our church people. He says, honey, you can borrow it. That's genuine leather. Don't scratch it. <laughs> Fleener, it's a fanny pack. <laughs> Nobody wears them anymore. Now, catch this. I want you to catch this, and, this is, and I'm closing. The only thing that took place with Crystal, and it's a wonderful transformation, everything that took place took place where? On the outside. Externally. Nothing changed on the inside of her. Nothing at all. Everything was totally external. And we do that all the time. We're constantly working on the external, working on our appearance, working on our attitude, working on our approach, trying to always remember to smile, trying to always remember to be kind. We're trying to, we're trying to force our lives to be something that really down inside we're not. When the reality of it is, if we will transform our life from the inside out, we won't have to force a smile. I'm not saying we won't get irritated or frustrated occasionally. That's going to happen. That's just life. We're human. 
I want to give you an example and I close with this. Because some of you are sitting there thinking, you know, you're talking about being blessed. The reason you need to understand is being blessed doesn't necessarily mean possessions, material possessions, big house, big car, whatever. God wants to bless you and prosper you with those things. But understand this. The fight that you're in and the struggle that you're in right now can be overcome. Why? Because you have within you the ability to overcome adversity and struggles. Don't give up and walk away. This is what I want you to see. Crystal, great job. Let's give Crystal a hand. Heather, great job. One of the things that has happened in my life, and this is, I want you to hear this, and I, I didn't want to share it, but then I thought, no, this, this is a very clear picture of what happens. It's taken me, and I'm not, I'm just telling you where I am, it's taken me two and a half years to lose 106 pounds. That's a small child. That's a person. Okay, it's a junior higher. It's a feeble old lady, okay? Let's be honest. It's taken me that long. The reason is, is I'm older. And my metabolism is gone. And it's been harder. And it's required a lot of discipline. And it's required a lot of time. And two and a half years, now this is what I want you to hear. In two and a half years, I've lost 106 pounds. There are times, this is what I want you to catch. There are times I look in the mirror and I still think and feel fat I still have some weight to lose but there are times in my mind I go you're still fat you're just fat you're disgusting and I see myself I see myself as still being obese and overweight why why is that I've lost 106 pounds it's not every day but it's so don't don't think oh my god he's going to be anorexic and bulimic and all that Trust me, I ain't going to waste no food. Mm -mm. I eat my chicken, I'm keeping it down, baby. Trust me. <laughs> but in my mind, what's happened? The outward has changed. Outward's changed. But my mind hasn't wrapped around the fact and the reality of really where I am. And I'm looking, I mean, I seriously do. I go, Wow. All this work, two and a half years, and you're still fat. And I think, and I shake myself sometimes and go, but, but you have some weight to lose, but you're not fat. And what's happened is my mind hasn't been what? Transformed. Transformed. And that happens to us all the time. We can look at our lives and we can get frustrated with where we are. And this is why I just want to encourage you this morning. I wanted, I wanted this to be encouraging to you this morning. Because sometimes we can look at where we are and the struggle and the difficulty can be overwhelming. The pressure can, can, can just mount on you and, you and you think, is this really worth this? Is this worth the hassle? Is this worth the struggle? I was driving home the other day and I saw this man who lived, has lived his entire life in a house that doesn't even belong to him. And I thought, you know, maybe, just maybe, He's got the right idea. And in my mind, I was going through all these struggles of thinking, that's too hard, and is it really worth this, and should I keep pushing, should I keep trying? Is it really worth anything? And what happens is we get into the middle of the adversity, and our mind begins to play games with us. 
Blessed is the man. You see, blessed, we are blessed. I want you to look at your life today. You may not be where you want to be, but thank God you're not where you used to be. I've made great progress in my life in many areas. I'm not there yet. But you see, I believe that the blessing that God is wanting to open up on our lives, on some of us, we have to keep holding on to. Why? Because blessed speaks to the end of a thing. I'm not there yet. When I get there, I'll be blessed. Am I blessed now? Yes, I'm blessed. I'm blessed going in, blessed coming out. But I'm not walking in the complete blessing that I want to see and I'm believing God for. What I'm saying is this, don't give up, don't give in, and don't give out. Keep holding on because it will happen. Just like what I have to do now is transform my mind to go, you know what? You have lost 106 pounds. Yes, you got a little ways to go. And yes, it's kind of sagging in places, kind of sagging and dragging, but that's your fault. Are you hearing what I'm saying? But I have to transform my mind to go, you know what? You have done this. You are doing that. You have accomplished this. See, you have to look at your life and go, what have, where, where are you now? Are you where you want to be? Maybe not. But are you on your way to where you want to be? So what you have to look at is go, you know what? I am blessed. Because I can't wait till I get everything in place. My life is perfect, peaceful. There are no struggles. There are no difficulties. That will never happen. Even at a point of being blessed, there are always challenges to overcome. And I've realized that. So today, I just wanted to pray for you that you would realize inside of you, inside of you, the hope of glory is residing inside of you. He's given you the ability to overcome and to succeed against the adversity that's trying to cause you to give up. The reason I wanted to preach this today is because I feel like some of you are at the point of wanting to give up and throw in the towel and say, you know what? It's not worth it. I'm telling you it is worth it. Hold on. Keep believing. Keep trusting. Keep standing. Keep pressing. Keep fighting. There are days I drug myself into the gym and I thought, my God, is this, is this even working? Is it even worth anything? It, what's, it, what's gonna, it, how long is this going to take? I mean, you think about two and a half years, two and a half years. I'm not talking about months. I remember 10 or 15 years ago, I could get six months, man. Two and a half years? And you're sitting there going, some of you are trying to analyze why did it take so long? It's because he cheated. He didn't eat the right foods. Trust me, I didn't cheat. I ate the right foods. I did the right things. It still took a long time. Same thing with life. Are you going to keep holding on? Keep believing? Keep trusting? Keep fighting? Question, is your marriage worth it? Is your business worth it? Are your children worth it? Is your health worth it? Come on, somebody. Is it worth holding on and keep standing and keep believing?